Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. So no shock to regular listeners here, but I'm about to have a baby and I'm going to miss my podcast family for sure. But this whole parenting thing has also introduced me to all sorts of kid stuff I never really thought that much about, like TV shows and more specifically, which ones won't drive my partner and I bonkers. And it turns out one made here in Pittsburgh is pretty universally loved. Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood is an animated series starring the son of the beloved tiger from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And this month, they're celebrating a milestone of their own. Ten years on the air. It's Thursday, October 20th. I'm Megan Harris, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So I'm with Chris Loggins, supervising producer on the show. Chris, 10 years. And Daniel Tiger is the company's very first show created since the beloved Fred Rogers original. What was it like for you, you know, coming in as part of that initial process to reimagine something that generations of kids already kind of knew and loved? Like, were you nervous, excited? Did you watch the show as a kid? What was all that like for you? I did watch the show as a kid. I uh, remember, I say that one of my first television memories was watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and I watched all kinds of TV, so it wasn't just like, you know, I was like a Mr. Rogers super fan, I'm not going to act like that, but I, I do remember <laughs> watching the show and seeing uh, a segment from Picture Picture when he would go over to um, the painting and he would show a video about how people make things, and it was the one about how people make peanut butter, and I have a very early like memory of like the visuals of the jars going down in the factory line and Mr. Rogers explaining about how the peanuts are turned into peanut butter and they go in uh, into the jar and everything. So definitely did watch the show, had had a definite uh, familiarity with it. I love that it's a food memory that really like stuck (laughs) with you. You know, isn't that like (laughs) central to us as humans? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Probably had something to do about like I knew as a kid, you know, we all probably ate a lot of peanut butter and it was like, oh, that's where that comes from. Absolutely. Uh, which is a cool thing that Mr. Rogers did. But as far as um, working on the show, I think all of us felt good about the work that we were doing before the show premiered. Uh, but there was a little bit of nervousness knowing that it's the first show that was produced by uh, Fred Rogers Productions since yeah. Mr. Rogers. So, you know, very high, high bar and high expectations. Yeah, because he passed in 2003. So then this is, you know, nine years later. It's the first, I imagine the first show that he's not actively involved in the production of. Um, Did he ever talk about, you know, being interested in like the form of animation and that kind of thing? Because Daniel does really bring the whole neighborhood into the 21st century. He's he's a legacy character. Uh, He's familiar, but he's different. He's his own person. I unfortunately never had a chance to meet Mr. Rogers, but I work with several people who did work on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and have a lot of foundational knowledge. And I've learned that Mr. Rogers did talk about animation and uh, was thinking about that as an art form and and what he could do with it and what the company could do uh, with animation. So uh, that is helpful to know that it, it was something that he was thinking about. Yeah. Well, and of course, we're here to mark the celebration of 10 years of Daniel. He's lived beyond his uh, character's four years. Um, 
How do you decide on, uh, you know, kind of the trajectory of the shows, the plot lines or the lessons that Daniel gets to learn day to day or the situations that he's in? Um, What are those conversations like and who gets to be part of them? Well, on everything that we do at Fred Rogers Productions, we work with child development advisors to inform the decisions we're making. So I mentioned working with people that worked on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and our advisors on Daniel Tagger's Neighborhood. Many of them worked with Mr. Rogers on uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Hedda Sherapan is one of those people. Uh, oh, wow. Been... So it's a continuation, really, of the same process that you guys were using in the 70s and 80s. Yes, uh, in a way. And actually going back before, even before that, uh, Fred would meet with his advisor at the time, Margaret McFarlane, and they would have meetings. She was uh, a pioneer in the field of child psychology, and he learned a lot from her. And then and, and she would help him have ideas that then would get incorporated in his scripts. And uh, fun fact, Margaret Tiger in Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood is named after Margaret Aww. McFarlane. So we kind of honor her legacy in that way. But we still rely upon child development advisors to elevate our stories. So we meet as a group and we decide on um, themes, special areas of focus, content that we want to address in a season and um, put forth various ideas. But then we also present that to our writing team and we talk to them about what would make an entertaining stories that cover these themes. And uh, once we have that initial conversation, we start to put together a a roadmap for the season of the types of stories we want to tell. Uh, And we all get together and have a big uh, kickoff discussion to map out uh, episodes for any given season. Uh, And it's a really fun collaborative process. Yeah, I mean, some of the words you're using uh, strike me as almost funny for children's programming, right? Like content um, <laughs> and things like that. Like, it's not how I typically think of how I would view a kid's show. Um, but of course, it makes perfect sense that that's how you're creating one on the back end. Um, I don't know if you have kids. Um, I'm actually expecting my first any day now. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, a, a ton of parents, I got to tell you, have warned me expressly against a lot of children's programming. <laughs> Um, all kinds of shows. Um, but Daniel somehow seems to get the seal of approval despite the singing. Um, I've been warned about <laughs> shows that sing. Um, so how do you strike that balance that like, you know, teaches, feels memorable, also sings um, and, and you know, doesn't grate on adults too much? I think it's because, well, first of all, I think it's a credit to the musicians that work on our show. Um, <laughs> many of them have kids themselves, and I'm sure they're watching children's shows and are and they want to make uh, songs, and we call them the strategy songs, the, the, the songs that Daniel sings about uh, different things, like dealing with mad feelings or trying new foods or sharing, yeah. um, and, and they do a great job of making them musical and we often use the word sticky, memorable. Yeah, a friend um, of mine, when I told him I was doing, I was going to talk to you today, like started singing one at me immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that they're so, that, that, but that's the other thing. I think that's another reason why, uh, Dan, to use your language, Daniel gets the seal of approval is because these are universal um, life lessons that are, are relevant in the lives of children, but also, you know, as you grow older, um, I know that uh, the show is all about empathy and managing emotions and for preschoolers new experiences and these are things that i think we all experience and use throughout life and these are songs that are to help in those areas so that's why i think that um it resonates in that way 
and every day I find myself thinking of a strategy um, to use from the show, whether it's uh, when you feel so mad that you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four, or uh, <laughs> if you have to go potty, stop and go right away. We all need that one every day. <laughs> I love this. I hope that you're in an interstitial or a promo for the show somewhere just doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be great. Do you like to dance, look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins and so will everyone else there be playful be imaginative explore your magical realm because this is a theme party you want to come dressed to impress you must be 21 and up to attend and rest assured every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum its art its education and all of its community outreach initiatives get your tickets now to the 25th mattress factory garden party they are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. Well, and I'm curious, like, as you've developed some of this, you know, how much of it still feels like Pittsburgh? Because, you know, if you even watch some back episodes of Fred, there are little pieces of the set and things like that, that like, if you grew up in the city, um, or you've lived here for any amount of time, like, it feels right, like, it feels like Pittsburgh. Um, Does Daniel, is Daniel able to capture any of that same magic? I do think so. And we are often thinking about... uh, or I should say we're constantly thinking about ways to incorporate Pittsburgh into the show. And we've done so in little ways, not only Pittsburgh, but also Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. So uh, there are nods to both. As I said, the neighbor, Daniel's neighborhood is the neighborhood of make-believe. So some of the pieces from that set, whether it's the clock factory or the museum go-round, uh, Ferris wheel, they are seen in Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. But also... Uh, much like Fred Rogers would go out and visit people around Pittsburgh, real neighbors, um, and learn about things, we do that in Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood in our live-action segments that appear between um, the two animated stories. And we film all of those in and around Pittsburgh, and um, we've been everywhere from the Children's Museum to Phipps um, to Mount Washington uh, to help run the uh, the incline. Yeah. So we feature Pittsburgh in that way, and we work with uh, children that are not actors. They are not professional trained actors. Um, They're real Pittsburgh kids. And um, one of my favorite parts of the job is hearing when people find out that I work on the show, they'll say, oh, wow, you know, I saw my favorite pizza shop or I saw the park that I go to in the show. And oftentimes it can seem that real places that are featured on television, even in children's television, are usually the the bigger cities like New York or Los Angeles. So it feels really cool to highlight Pittsburgh in that way. We call them postcards from Pittsburgh. Oh, Uh, cute. And uh, and we also call the kids that appear them, they wear a red sweater, um, just like Mr. Rogers. Of course, like you do. (laughs) And they're they're our red sweater kids and get to go out and do some really fun things and meet some cool people and learn about the people in our neighborhood. But even smaller ways you can see details of Pittsburgh in the show. So there's a post office in the neighborhood of Make Believe. And if you look closely, we put some Pittsburgh icons on the stamps 
that appear in the post office. So there's that's the so yellow. careful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we try to be thoughtful about everything we do. So the yellow bridges appear on some of the stamps. Um, there's a building that is reflective of the Cathedral of Learning on mm -hmm. the stamps in the background there. Uh, in every episode, Daniel also has an imagination moment where he pretends about something that's happening in his life. But in the in one of the imagination moments. Daniel is pretending to be a baseball player, and we did intentionally choose to use um, black and yellow for his uniform, highlighting <laughs> our, our local team colors. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm impressed that you got Daniel out of his red sweater. I hear that that's a really big part of the show. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, well, and I guess not to put you on the spot, but what would you say, you know, kind of looking back at these 10 years and hopefully more to come, what's your favorite part about the production um and you know the sharing of this community what what keeps you there you know producer to producer my favorite part about working on the show throughout the years is when we get letters uh facebook posts emails from people that are using the show uh, and telling us about what it means to them and a time when a strategy came in very handy or um a certain episode that is meaningful to them that's that's my favorite part of the job because that is how we know that uh, the show is resonating on a bigger level than we might we might understand uh, on the on the day to day. Yeah, I mean, not to get too heavy, but you know, I remember in the uh, wake of Tree of Life, which of course was right down the street from Fred Rogers' actual home here in Pittsburgh. So many people were pointing to Fred Rogers' productions for the services and some of the conversational guidance for kids and things like that about just how to have these tough conversations with little ones that have no idea what's going on, right. but can feel right. that their parents are in a in a state. Right. Yes, and, and we get a lot of powerful letters about strategies that are used in situations like that and, and how explaining things like that or, or coping with things like that as an adult can be difficult. Um, and without going into, into too many details, there's just, we do get a lot of great feedback about all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so 10 years is, of course, an enormous anniversary. Congratulations. Um, what uh, What's the big plan for the celebration? Um, I understand there's some events coming up this weekend, um, and I, we'd love to know how folks can get involved. Sure. We have a lot going on. The season premiered back in the summer with a big television movie event where Daniel traveled to a new neighborhood and met his friend Juan Carlos. We had uh, new episodes premiere in September, but uh, this weekend we also have a great event happening uh, at Southside Works uh, with the Great Pumpkin Patch from 1 to 5, and there'll be other fall activities as well, including Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood Trivia. And then at 5.30, we're doing a screening of Halloween episodes of Alma's Way and Don Quixote, which are two of our other series. Yeah. And, and as part of that, we'll also have some special uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood content playing as well. Very cool. Uh, Chris Loggins is the supervising producer for the animated series Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which is still made here in Pittsburgh by Fred Rogers Productions. Chris, thank you so much for talking to us here on CityCast. Thank you for having me. Some more news before you go. If you've ever wanted to see Michelangelo's divine ceiling frescoes and you can't make it to Italy, there's a new traveling exhibition taking over the second floor of the JCPenney at Ross Park Mall. The photos look cool, but like don't expect a full Sistine Chapel experience. It opens tomorrow and runs through January.
Democratic Senate candidate John Fetterman has released new medical records. If you caught our show last Friday, you'll know these document releases can be like sort of silly. There's no rules saying anyone has to comply or what kinds of records politicians should release. But Fetterman's Republican rival, Dr. Mehmet Oz, has been asking for months as Fetterman recovered from a stroke. So now we all have this one-page report saying John is well and fit to serve, as if any political candidate would ever report anything else. Remember, Pennsylvania's Senate race could determine the tilt of the entire U.S. Senate. And if you lost a phone, a watch, or your Christmas decorations the last time you were at the Pittsburgh International Airport, you can offer this stuff a new loving home this Saturday at the annual airport lost and found auction. Doors open at 830 and you have to be in person to bid. And if you do come out, make sure you say hi to our producer, Elizabeth Kama. She'll probably be holding a microphone and wearing a cute JCPenney fit. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. I hope you're liking the show, that you're learning a little, and that you'll be nice to this crew while I'm on parental leave. Everyone at CityCast, and especially here in Pittsburgh, works so hard to share a piece of themselves and the city they love with you every day. I couldn't be more proud to work with this crew, so please be kind, because I'll still be rooting for them from the wings. All right, the team will be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. We'll talk to y'all soon. All right, now I'm ready. Gotcha. I have this all written down on my other computer. (laughs) Cue cards are important. I appreciate it.